0: Hello and welcome to the Let It Ride podcast, coming to you as I do every Tuesday to break down the week that was in the NFL no Thursday game again this week just like last week so we'll close out the podcast breaking in again to the NFL playoff picture going team by team letting you know what each team has to do to either improve their seating or just to make the playoffs all together our picks went eight and eight last week cooling off just a bit after that scorching hot 12 and four week We had in week 16, as I said, just eight and eight this week. So 500, still not terrible, but we definitely would like to improve on those numbers in week 18 to close out the regular season. But as I do every week, we're going to start with where I got it wrong. You cannot win them all, and this week we lost half of our games, unfortunately. As I said, 8-8 and against the spread, and we'll start out with the most painful one for me. I gave out the Cowboys, minus 6.5. They lost this game outright. Overall, I am not upset with the performance. The loss virtually locks them in. To the 4C. The 2C would have been nice, have an easier matchup for the opening weekend, but you're gonna have to beat these teams at some point anyway. The offense kind of upset me a little bit. I think Dak had too many dump offs. You had 10 targets for the tight end, Dalton Schultz, but you also had a freak fake punt play that led to a touchdown. For the Cardinals. And if you look at the final margin, that touchdown really went a long way to helping them win this game. So overall, I am not afraid of the Cardinals. I think this is a team that we can beat in the playoffs. This loss is not making me afraid to see them later on. I gave out the Chiefs minus five. This line got down to minus four at kickoff. And this offense was firing on all cylinders in the first half. They put up 28 points and then just completely. Bogged down in the second half. We saw some big plays from Jamar Chase. The Bengals clinching the division. The Chiefs losing the driver's seat for the one seed. They now need a Titans loss in Week 18 to regain it. And they're playing the lowly Houston Texans. I gave out the Dolphins plus three and a half. And I was just dead wrong on this game. I was wrong about A.J. Brown being the the entire Titans offense. Yes, he definitely does help this offense. But he is far From the entire offense, the run game was fantastic for the Titans against the Dolphins. This Dolphins defense really feasted on bad offenses during their seven-game win streak. They went from controlling their playoff destiny to eliminated in just one week. The Titans now likely to be the one seed that they can take care of business against the Texans with Derrick Henry possibly returning for the playoffs. I gave out the Colts minus seven, and Carson Wentz was bad again. The Raiders just won't go away. They got a big game from Zay Jones, a big game from Hunter Rentflow, including a huge uh, third-down conversion to ice this game, put the Raiders in field goal range. The Raiders threw an interception down four late in the third quarter of this one. And it really looked like the Colts were going to take it and run away with the game after they had been losing the entire time. It was 17-13. to 13. Derek Carr throws an interception. Then Wentz takes a terrible sack. The Colts in field goal range. He takes a terrible sack. They're forced to punt. The Raiders come down and take the lead after that. Just do not understand... Uh, some of the decisions that Carson Wentz makes. He sometimes just doesn't seem to ever want to throw the ball away. He always tries to do too much. I gave out the Bucks minus 14 and a half in this game. And the only thing you can really talk about in this one is Antonio Brown, the outburst that he had on the sideline. And I uh, I don't want to get too much into it because my co-host has texted me and said that he really wants to touch on this. So him being a Bucks fan, I will leave most of this to him. I will just say that, I don't think that it was a mistake for the Bucks to give Antonio Brown this chance. Overall, in the end, what did it really do to hurt them? They're still where they are. They still got a Super Bowl last year. So a lot of people are saying, oh, see, the Bucks got what they deserved. Other than being embarrassed, it really doesn't affect their roster. Obviously, they're down skill players right now already, even before they lost Antonio Brown. But I don't think it was a mistake bringing him on overall. But Antonio Brown clearly has something going on in his head. He needs to work out. As for the game, this wasn't one of those games where, oh, the Buccaneers just were uh, leaving the door open for the Jets, giving them turnovers, blah, blah, blah. No, the Jets came out and were legitimately beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in this one. They were the better team for most of this game, moving the ball at will against this Buccaneers defense. The Buccaneers on the other side, could not get anything going until late in the game. Tom Brady doing Tom Brady stuff and pulling out the win. But, man, it really looked like the Jets were going to win this game outright. They had a chance to kick a field goal to go up by 7 late in this game. Instead, went for the touchdown and the win. Didn't get it. Tom Brady does what he does. Drives his team down the field and gets the win. The Bucks will hope to lock up the 3-seed or possibly the 2-seed next week. I was wrong with the Lions, plus eight and a half. And I had reservations about this pick because I didn't even think about it being Russell Wilson's last game in Seattle. Those reservations were correct. The Russell Wilson and this Seattle offense put on a show. Uh, Rashad Penny is going to make himself some money with the way that he has closed out the season as well. I think he'll get a... Uh, Kendall Kenyon Drake type of contract in the offseason. I gave out the Panthers plus 6.5, and and I really had to cover the entire game. There was a missed field goal late in this one that would have put the Panthers up 13-12. to They missed that field goal. It leads immediately to a Saints touchdown, and at that point the cover was gone. This Panthers defense actually looked halfway decent, and it really looked like Sam Darnold was their best option all along, even though they didn't look great on offense. He still wasn't turning the ball over the way that Cam Newton was. Finally, I gave out the Texans, plus 13 and a half. And this is another game where the cover was good the entire way. Trey Lance just does not look ready for the San Francisco 49ers. There was a 4th and 1 late in this game where the cover was sitting there. The 49ers are up by 13. And instead of going for it on a 4th and 1 and going to run the clock out like you would think a team would, uh, San Francisco decided to kick the field goal and uh, completely screwing Texans backers such as myself. So, Texans plus 13 13 and a half probably was the right side, but it ended up being a loser. So, 8 losers on the week. Let's move on to happier things with where I got it right. Yay! As I said, an even 8-8 eight and eight on the week, starting with the Bills, minus 13.5. And, and this was a weird game in the snow. A fumbled punt leading to a safety to start out the scoring. This Bills running game really made up for a bad passing game by Josh Allen. I call it a bad passing game because he did get the job done on the ground, helping with The run game here, 233 yards and four touchdowns in total for this Bills running game led by Josh Allen and Devin Singletary. The defense shut the Falcons out in the second half. The Bills uh, looking to clinch the division this week uh, against the Jets. We'll see if they can do that. I was right on the Bears, minus 6.5, and, and this was my easiest win of the week. The Giants were just god-awful. This Bears defense is really, really good. Robert Quinn having a very underrated season, 18 sacks. Uh, you give this Bears team a new coach. They have this great defense. You get some development from uh, from Justin Fields, and I think that's going to bode well for the future of the Bears. They really need to get some wide receivers on this team, however. I gave out the Patriots minus 16.5, and, and just like the Giants, the Jags are absolutely terrible. Bill Belichick just destroys rookie QBs. It was the perfect storm. The Patriots could just pick the way they wanted to move the ball in this one. They were moving it on the ground. They were moving it through the air. This Jags team just needs a complete Overhaul. I gave out the Washington football team plus six and a half. And again, Washington jumped out to a 10-point lead just like they did in the last game against the Eagles. Ended up blowing the lead as it went. The Eagles did not get a great game from Jalen Hurts. The Washington defense really held him in check. Washington actually had a chance to win this game outright. I really thought there was a missed pass interference call on the interception that closed the game for the Eagles. But as it is, the Eagles get the win, clinch a playoff spot, Washington is eliminated. I gave out the Ravens, plus three and a half, and they really got a valiant effort in this one. A well-coached game, a well-played game on both sides of the ball, but just too many injuries, and the loss of Lamar Jackson was too much to overcome. Uh, they ended up doing this team in in the end. They had the one seed sitting at eight and three before this five-game losing streak. They're now likely out of the playoffs. For the Rams, Matthew Stafford, another pick six. I think this Rams team is some is in some serious trouble if they cannot correct those Matthew Stafford turnovers when it comes playoff time. For the Ravens, I think Huntley could be trade bait at this point. He's really looked good in his starts for Lamar Jackson down the stretch. Four of the five losses they had here are by one or two points. They had two games decided by two-point conversions they decided to go for and did not get. So the Ravens are going to look back at every single one of those games, knowing that they could have, if they could have just won one of them, maybe two of them, they would be sitting squarely in the playoff race instead of uh, sitting here with a very slim chance to make it. I gave out the Chargers minus 8.5, and and this is a short one. Betting against Drew Locke is free money. That's it. Uh, You see see Drew Locke starting a game, put your money up against him. He is terrible. Full stop. That's all there is to it. I gave out the Packers minus 13, and Sean Mannion is, is almost as bad as Drew Locke. This Vikings offense was bad. Aaron Rodgers virtually locked up the MVP. Devontae Adams, the best wide receiver in the NFL, they got it going. That twin-headed monster in the backfield, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon were fantastic. Look out for A.J. Dillon come playoff time, by the way. The road through the NFC is going to go through Lambeau Field in that cold weather. A.J. Dillon is the type of guy you do not want to tackle in the cold. I think he could have a big playoffs for the Green Bay Packers. Finally, I gave out the Steelers. This line got down to Steelers minus one by kickoff because the Browns had been eliminated from playoff contention, so they really had nothing to play for. They were also dealing with a rash of injuries. It was Big Ben's last game, so the Steelers were the right side in this one. That is going to do it for the games. We're going to take a quick break and come back and break into the playoff picture. Welcome back. We're going to dive into the playoff pitcher starting in the AFC and starting at the top with the Tennessee Titans who clinched the one seed with a win or a loss by the Chiefs, Bengals, and Patriots in Week 18. They traveled to Houston to take on the Texans in this one. However, remember that the Texans beat the Titans in Tennessee, so this is not a lock. Houston will come out and like to play spoiler in this one, so this is not a gimme win for the Titans by any means. They are a ten and a half point favorite. Uh, spoiler alert, when it comes time to pick a winner for this game, I will be on Houston. I think they're. this is basically their Super Bowl. They want to play spoiler and not give the Titans that one seed. Sitting in the two seed are the Kansas City Chiefs. They are at the Denver Broncos. That will be one of the Saturday games played in Week 18. They are the two seed with a win, and they could be the one seed with a win and a talk Titans loss or tie. They could also fall down as low as the 4 seed if the Bengals, Bills, and Titans all win and they were to lose. The Bengals are sitting in the 3 seed. They are 10-6. and six. They wrap up the season at the Cleveland Browns. They could actually get the 1 seed with a win and losses by the Chiefs and Titans. They could finish anywhere from the 1 to the 4 seed. If they win, they assure themselves being no lower than the 3 seed. The Bills are sitting at 10-6, and 6 and they close out the season at the Jets. They cannot be the one seed because they lose tiebreakers to the Titans and to the Chiefs. Uh, they, however, do need to win to clinch the AFC East. If they were to lose to the Jets, the Patriots could snag the division title. The Patriots, are, however, right now are sitting in the 5 slot. They are 10-6. and six. They are finishing up the season at the Miami Dolphins. They have clinched a wild card, and with a win and a Bills loss can clinch the AFC East, and the Patriots can actually come up and steal the 1 seed. They would have to have a number of things happen. They would have to win, have the Bengals, Chiefs, and Titans all lose so that's probably not going to happen but the Patriots still with an outside shot to get the one seed the sixth seed is going to go to the winner of the Raiders Chargers game they are both nine and seven they play each other in week 18 that will be the finale to the 2021 NFL season so the winner of that game will be the sixth seed that sitting in the seventh seed and they will retain the seventh seed if they get a win are the Indianapolis Colts they're sitting at nine and seven taking on the the jacksonville jaguars the jaguars looking like one of the worst team if not the worst team in the league they're going to have the number one pick again they're not going to have any reason to want to win this game i think the colts are going to win it going away should they lose however that opens the door for the next two teams sitting in the eight spot and the nine spot respectively are the pittsburgh steelers and the baltimore ravens who play each other in week 18 the winner would need the colts to lose to grab the seven seed in the afc playoffs but as i said that is not looking likely that moves us on to the nfc and again we're going to start at the top with the green bay packers who are sitting at 13 and 3 already having clinched the number one seed sitting in the two spot are the los angeles rams sitting at 12 and 4 they close out the season against the 49ers a win by the rams clinches the number two seed and a home game in the first round against the number seven seed who if the rams get this win will likely be the new orleans saints so this is a huge game for the rams because you're looking at a win giving you a home game against the Saints versus a loss, giving you a road game against the Dallas Cowboys. So the Rams desperately wanting to win this game. We're going to get to the 49ers. They desperately need to win this game as well. Sitting in the number three slot are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They are 12-4, and four, closing up against the Carolina Panthers. They could jump up to the two seed with a win and a Rams loss. And as I said, the Rams have a tough game, so that is looking like a possibility. If the Bucks do jump up to the number two seed, however, that number seven seed would definitely have to be the Philadelphia Eagles because one of the stipulations with the Bucs jumping up to the two seed would be the 49ers winning which would put the 49ers in and put the Saints out and that is relevant because we've seen how this New Orleans team matches up against the Buccaneers so if there's a chance for the Bucs to play the Saints you think they absolutely would not want that two seed when they would be playing the Saints however it looks like they will be playing the Eagles who we saw on Thursday Night Football a few weeks back the Bucks do match up well Against. That moves us to the Dallas Cowboys sitting in the four spot. They are 11 and 5 and wrap up the season against the Eagles. That is going to be another one of those Saturday games that I didn't even know they added until last week. The Cowboys are virtually locked into the four seed. They could get the two seed with a win and losses by the Rams, Cardinals, and Bucks. They could get the three seed with a win and losses by just the Rams and the Cardinals, but The Rams and Cardinals have too much to play for. They're not going to both lose. I think the Cowboys are, like I said, virtually locked into this 4-seed. Sitting in the 5-slot are the Arizona Cardinals. They wrap up the season against the Seahawks. And they win the division with a win and a Rams loss. They can finish anywhere from the the 2-to-the-5-seed. Uh, If they lose this game or the Rams win, they are locked into the five seed. The Eagles are sitting in the 6th slot, and they have clinched a wild card. They will be the 6th seed if the 49ers lose, the 7th seed if the 49ers win. Oddly, the Eagles' seeding more depends on the 49ers game than their own game. Kind of a a weird situation there. Sitting in the 7th spot are the San Francisco 49ers. They wrap up the season at the Los Angeles Rams they get in with a win or a Saints loss they would be the sixth seed with a win they would be the seventh seed with a loss and a Saints loss and finally sitting in the eighth slot are the New Orleans Saints sitting at eight and eight they wrap up the season against the Atlanta Falcons and they get into the playoffs with a win and a 49ers loss and they can only be the seventh seed and that is going to do it for the teams we're going to take another quick break and come back and wrap up the podcast. Welcome back. We just briefly touched on every team involved in the NFL playoff picture, but there are two games in week 18 that are absolutely pivotal to seeding and to deciding a playoff spot. So we're going to dive into those two games a little bit deeper and then we're going to close the podcast inviting Josh on to talk about the Antonio Brown debacle that happened on the Buccaneers' sideline in Week 17. So the first game we're going to dive deep into is this Raiders-Chargers game. As I said, both teams sitting at 9-7, and seven, and this is going to be the game to wrap up Week 18 of the NFL season. It should be a good game. This Chargers run defense has looked absolutely abysmal. I think the Chargers are going to win this game. When it comes down to it, and I'm giving out a pick, on the Friday podcast. I'm likely going to ride with the Chargers, but man, I am not going to feel good about it. This Raiders team has just dealt with so much adversity and just keeps coming back from it. You keep thinking their season's over, the season's over, and then they're like, oh wait, no it's not. Uh, I thought their season was over coming into the Thanksgiving game against the Dallas Cowboys and they pull a win out there. I thought their season was over going into this game. I thought their season was over a few weeks ago. They just keep pulling these wins out of nowhere just when you think they are absolutely done. So I'm done writing them off. I'm not going to put... Actual money up on the game, but I will ride with the Chargers. I think they are the better team, but if they can get the run game going, the Raiders, man, Josh Jacobs has proven that he can be a workhorse back. If the Raiders can get the run game going against this abysmal Chargers run defense and get some pressure on Justin Herbert, the Raiders, man, I really think they could pull an upset in this one. I'm not going to pick. I don't have the guts to pick it. I think the Chargers are the better team, but just something in the back of my mind is telling me that the Raiders might pull some craziness uh, to close out the 2021 regular season. And the NFC game that is the most pivotal is the San Francisco 49ers taking on the Rams. I touched on it briefly about uh, the seeding effects this could have for the Rams. I don't think that can be understated. You're talking about... A, being a two-seed, so you're having a first-round home game and a, it, once you win that one, you're, you're playing the seven-seed, so you can you can virtually you know, guarantee yourself a win. You're looking at a second-round home game as well as a two-seed versus having to start the playoffs on the road and then if you, win, if you win that game, having a second game on the road as well. So this game is absolutely pivotal for the Rams, but on the other side, the 49ers are even more desperate because if they lose this game, they are likely out. Of the nfl playoffs after looking like they were a lock to get in even winning last week everything had to break against them for them to be in this situation and here they are the saints getting that win last week the eagles getting a win last week when it looked like they might uh, fall to the washington football team so the 49ers are in serious trouble here they're an underdog in this game they're going to need to get jimmy garoppolo back trey lance just does not look right and i don't think can lead this team especially in a playoff type atmosphere here in week 18 so hopefully for them They have Jimmy Garoppolo back for this one. I'm going to end up picking the 49ers in this one. I think they do get Garoppolo back for this game. There was an outside shot for him to play last week, so I can't imagine he doesn't suit up this week. And as I said, I know the Rams need this game, but they needed their last two games that have not looked great. They almost fell to the Ravens last week. So I think the 49ers steal this game, and I think the Rams are going to end up getting matched up with the Dallas Cowboys to open the NFL playoffs. That is going to do it for those two games. We're now going to invite our guest Josh on. welcome back we are joined by co-host josh walker josh texted me uh yesterday immediately wanting to talk about the antonio brown situation unfortunately i had a long work day yesterday and uh for those of you from the dmv know we got a huge snowstorm so i had to deal with a lot of that so we were not able to get on yesterday probably for the best josh because i think i would have been editing out some curse words had you been that had the ab news been that fresh in your mind so as a buccaneers fan how do you feel about the Antonio Brown
1: situation? First, first, Jeff, I appreciate you for having me on. I appreciate you. Happy New Year, to everyone that's listening. Uh, I was disappointed, obviously, because, uh, I mean, it's like the second or last game of the season. So, like, basically now you should be getting in the playoff mode, you know, like playoff rhythm, playoff mode, basically what they did last year. And for, for my man basically, you know, stripped down butt naked on national TV. That wasn't the greatest thing. So, uh, obviously, I'm definitely disappointed. And then, obviously, it's 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 magnified bigger now because of the loss of Chris Godwin. So, tough situation. I mean, I would still believe in Brady, still believe in the Bucks, but I'll just say this. I like that chance that 72 hours ago. Uh, I like that
0: chance It's better 72 hours ago. Uh, they are definitely hurting at the skill positions. I kind of feel, well, I've seen a lot of people saying, oh, the Bucks got what they deserve. So uh, they shouldn't have ever signed Antonio Brown. I'm not going to go that far. They did get a Super Bowl with him last year. So to say that it was a mistake, I think, is is a little bit crazy. Uh, I think he definitely has something going on in his head. This is the fourth team that he's done this to. He's, he's been released by four teams now. Uh, there's definitely something going on mentally with him. I don't know if it's CTE related or uh, if he's just under a, a tremendous amount of, of stress. I, I fall short as a, I think AB is a top seven wide receiver all time. So I'm going to fall short of, of calling this a mistake by the Buccaneers or or for really just bashing Antonio Brown. I am not going to do that. But he certainly should not have done what he did on Sunday. Uh, I can't imagine what was going through his mind. Uh, do you have any idea what the reasoning for him leaving might have been?
1: I heard reports that he was upset that Gronk was getting more targets than him. I mean, you you just say it's stupid stuff, and I, I just you can't you can't believe that because I was telling somebody this the other day, yeah, two days yesterday. If you put Tom Brady's five greatest targets of all time, so three wide receivers and two tight ends. Forget the running back because right now we're just throwing the ball. The running back would be whoever you want to be. Probably would be Corey Dillon, but whoever. James you White, his, if you're talking you targets. Put, yeah, yeah, but I, mean, I, I thought maybe you just want a strictly running back, but if you want a running back who can catch out the backfield, yeah, James White, I love James White. I told people during the offseason, I wish Tampa Bay would have signed him instead of signed Giovanni Bernard. Now mm-hmm. they both hurt, but still, whatever. If you take Brady's five best weapons, two, three wide receivers and two tight ends, the three wide receivers would be Randy Moss, Antonio Brown, and the third wide receiver probably would be Julian Edelman, with honorable mention to Wes Walker, and then you take two tight ends. You would take Gronk and I know his name is going to bring up some craziness, but you I'm not taking on what he did off the field, but he was a damn good tight end when he was alive and when he played, and it would be Aaron Hernandez. They would be the five best weapons Brady had. Three wide receivers and two tight ends, in my opinion. Let me repeat these names again. Randy Moss, Julian Edelman, A.B., Antonio Brown, Aaron Hernandez, and Gronk. If all five of them are on the field at the same time, let's say we're playing crazy and they all at the – Gronk is still getting the ball before all of them. Because he's the biggest mismatch. Gronk is the only player on that field that you could, def- at that, at that, uh, other than Brady, that you can definitely say is the best player at his position. I can't say Randy Moss the best player at his position. You just said AB the seven best. Julian Elliman, not even, probably, Julian Elliman, probably not even a top, no disrespect, probably not even a top 50 receiver all the time. So, only person that's going to get the ball like that would be the best player at their position. Now, Brady's about matchups, but Gronk is the best player, in my opinion, ever do what he do. So why would you be upset that Ron getting the ball and you not getting the ball? That makes no sense. You see what I'm saying? So it's just a whole bunch of rumors and stuff going around. So I don't know what to believe, but I I, I do know this. I do know what I saw. And he basically just
0: quit on the team. Now I could, I could definitely imagine Antonio Brown questioning uh, the coaching staff, questioning anything else on the team, except for Tom Brady. I, because I, Tom Brady is the only reason Antonio Brown is still in the league, if you ask me. So mm-hmm. I, I I wouldn't believe those rumors either. i like I said, I just think he's got something mentally going on. And, and forget football. He really needs to figure out uh, who he is as a man and, and figure things out before he can even think about stepping on a football field again. And that's if uh, anybody wants him. Uh, do you have anything else to add to the situation?
1: No, I just feel like – I just feel A, B, like you say, he need to get the help that he deserves, honestly. But at the same time, at some point, Teams gonna have to stop trying to sign him. See, that's the biggest problem. Like they 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 giving him a pass because they keep trying to sign him. The Patriots thought they could fix him. The Raiders thought they could fix him. Tampa Bay thought they could fix him. There's gonna be another team that think they can fix him. You and I both know that.
0: The NFL. He's, supreme, he's
1: supremely talented. So we need to we need to, we need to stop giving out chances. Now we need to let, we really care about him, man. We really think he need to get some help. We need to try to put him in a helpful position. And playing in the league ain't helping.
0: That's the funny thing about the NFL is they will always try to play the card of, "Oh, we're not going to re-sign this guy because he, he, he he did this. He doesn't deserve another chance." So if you're whether you are a Ray Rice or a Greg Hardy, but if you're talented, all of a sudden that just goes out the window. And oh wait, no, this guy can get chance after chance after chance after chance. So it doesn't matter. Uh, the NFL can sit there and sit on their high horse and act like they're all about personal conduct and, and blah 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 blah. If you're when we talented, all know,
1: when we all know that they're not, it's all about
0: talent. If you're talented, you're going to get another shot, and that's all there is to it. Tyreek Hill—you never even hear about his off-the-field antics because he's one of the best receivers in the league. So, oh, no, we're just going to sweep that one under the rug. But if it's if it's a mid-level player like Bray Rice was, it's just going to get coverage you know, out the ass. So look at look at, Joe look at Joe
1: Mixon. Look at Joe Mixon. Look at Joe Mixon Oklahoma. Now I that's like it. Joe Mixon, but he but he is shorted Now he dropped in the he dropped in the draft. He dropped to the second round. You ain't even going to hear about that this year with him because he balling. So.
0: Michael Parsons is another one who had some off the field. I, I, I'm not. Oh, I think that was in the locker room stuff. Actually, stuff going on now. Personally, I'm happy that, that all that happened. And he fell. That was the only reason he fell in the draft. If you redid mm-hmm. the draft, he might go first overall. I don't. Uh, I don't. Like oh yeah, no hyperbole. Oh, let me
1: let me let me let me say this. If you could redo the draft, I'm. A, I've been saying this for a couple weeks. and I know they beat the Texans on Sunday, but if you could redo the draft, Mike Shanahan. Mike Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan. When it did all that, he would have took Michael Parsons at three.
0: Definitely, that's a, that's something we could do at the end of the season. I, I like doing redrafts. Maybe we'll do a uh, uh, we'll go snake style and do a redraft. Uh, maybe we'll do that on one of the next podcasts. We're gonna have a lot of off season to fill. What do you think? That's fine with me, Joe. Sounds good. We'll touch on that a little bit later on. But that is going to do it, Josh. Any closing thoughts?
1: No, sorry, man. No, sorry. Just uh,
0: all the fans didn't need to see that that foolishness on Sunday. That was crazy. So. Absolutely. Well, Josh, you're gonna be joining me on Friday to give out our picks. Until then, man. I'll. Uh, uh, good luck in dealing with all this snow, and I'll I'll see you on Friday, man. Yes, sir, man. You be safe, man. Have a good week. You too. Yes,